Boom! And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> so guys, welcome to another episode of AA for Entrepreneurs. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. And uh, welcome back. It's been a few weeks since we have talked to y'all personally. And, uh, you know, been very busy with, with, with some things and some growth, some personal growth, some business growth. And yeah. Money-making activities and... Oh, where do you want big, big things too. Big like you've been, you've been up with. Uh, so you were just on a really popular podcast. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a growing podcast. Uh, it's going. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a very popular podcast. She's actually still in the beginning, despite like you know her viewership. She had pretty good viewership. Just, yeah, I remember hearing her say like she had. No, we were, that was a joke. That was, <laughs> we, were, we, were just, you know, we were like, it's all the millions and millions of fans out there. And, you know, it's, uh, we were just having fun. <laughs> she's, she's, she's building up and uh, she has something great going there, you know, with just say yes to the no. Just say yes to no. Sorry, screw that up with uh, Joanne Duggan. And if you guys didn't check that out, it was definitely life-changing for me to go through it so I would, I would imagine that you know probably be uh, pretty value-packed for somebody else to go watch totally I was enthralled that's very good to hear that's what yeah. Cordy said the same thing she, she was like she was she was laughing she was like I, there was points during it that I really wanted to reach through and like strangle you and be like listen to her. <laughs> like oh well, it seemed like uh, she took a real uh, like almost psychiatrist kind of yeah. point of view. And she is a former therapist, therapist so yeah. it, it makes sense. You know, she used, she definitely uses her therapist skills. And I remember uh, uh, I was thinking back to when I first met her at Harvest Cup and she told me that she used to be a therapist. And I was like, well, that's the last thing I'm saying. <laughs> and it's not the last thing I said. And now look, she, she had me, you know, crying and shit on him. She just like went, she, I feel like so thinking about it after looking at looking, I've listened to it tw- twice and watched it once. So um, after listening to it the second time, I was like, ah. So she forced me to talk about my past and negative experiences that have kind of made me believe what I believe. So I say it out loud while my brain is saying, no, don't say that, don't say that. And then all of a sudden. It's like, it's almost tricking your brain to like, oh, I just said what I meant to think. And I thought what I meant to say. You know, like all of a sudden I was saying this stuff and I'm like, I didn't even, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say that. Okay. <laughs> it just happened. It just happened, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I, I do feel like one of the things about it that I kind of looked back at, it was like, maybe there's a misunderstanding there was, you know, uh, the eating shit part, like we, we talked, totally. we, we talked about, uh, for entrepreneurs and for you guys watching out there, we talked about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's method or belief that of clouds and dirt, essentially, you know, like you have to eat dirt to live in the clouds. Eventually you have to eat shit. Sometimes he says, and that's the kind of the analogy I brought up yeah. and said, uh, you know, I'm in my eat shit phase. Right. She said, what? She didn't understand why I would just kind of do work for free, essentially, and because that's what I've been doing. To a point, she is definitely right. You know, I need to make an income to support myself and my family, which was way easier during the summer. There's way more side jobs available, way more people looking for help. Right. And uh, 
you know, during the winter, it definitely slows down quite a bit. Um, yeah, like eating shit. And she, she totally, uh, she kind of sp- spun it in the direction of like, how healthy would you be if you actually ate shit yeah. for years and years? And obviously not very healthy if you, you were eating turds. Which I understand. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that she, she misinterpreted, uh, it, instead of grinding it out, like working really hard and sure, sure there's a limit yeah. of, um, of how hard you work and how much stress that you have. And I mean, making money is super, super important. Very, especially for stress levels, you know, like having guaranteed income is so important just for your stress levels to be able to manage all the new things that are coming at you as an entrepreneur. You know, like Gary says that all the time. He's like, yeah, do what you have to to pay your bills and then do the shit you want to do, you know? And the shit you want to do is probably going to suck for a while because <laughs> you're not going to make money off. So like right now I'm doing DoorDash to pay my bills. I figured out mathematically like, hmm, what can I do that's going to take the least amount of hours, not commit me to have to be employed somewhere and you know, I don't have to really like rely on anybody else. Like I make my own schedule with it. I, even if I, like today I scheduled the morning because I was going to test out Monday morning breakfast since Monday night was really slow. I want to see maybe Monday mornings are good. You never know. Uh, I, I had to take care of the baby, so I ended up canceling it, but it's nice to do things like that. But I just, I go up and it's like, Hey, you're scheduled to, to dash in a half hour. I'm like, well, I'm taking care of the baby so my fiance can sleep, you know, delete that delete that dash and I'm all set. Yeah. You know, I was actually supposed to dash 1130 to two today too, but we're podcasting today. So that tomorrow I can help disrupt Boston with another TV show that they're working on. Well, another series that they're working on. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Exactly. Is the the flexibility. I mean, that's, that's the most key, key feature. That's why, that's why we do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, it's a, it's like a, it's like a blessing and, and kind of a curse. You know, it's a curse if you're in a, in a funk. I think. You know, I haven't been in a funk in a while. Surprisingly, like with how much stress I've had, like I'm, yeah. I'm like keeping myself out of the funk. I don't think I'm gonna get there. I really don't. Like I just don't see it happen. And you mean like a deep funk? Yeah. yeah. Like I just, I can't see that happening. Right like in my mind, I can't even let myself get into like a tiny funk. You know, like because my my fiance isn't working right now. Uh-huh. So like my baby pretty much depends like solely on me. It's a lot of pressure. Luckily, like she planned ahead. She saved up money for her bills for a couple months. So that way she's out of work, you know, she's much, she's better with money than I am a little bit, uh-huh. you know, I'm still, I'm still working. I'm, I'm currently working on being good with money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. It is. It is. Especially. But every other time that I've had money in my life, I've just spent it on dumb stuff, you know? Uh-huh. Now it's like, life has humbled me. They're like, okay, you're gonna make just enough to survive. <laughs> it's like almost like you're planning for the winter. Yeah, yeah. In, in a sense. It's so like, like, um, like thinking back to like asking for money versus like working for free. Mm. Now it's kind of like asking myself, where, where would I draw the line of like, when do you? And I kind of think the best that I could come up with is purely experience, right? So if, if you had, um, if we had Sally come up to us and say, Hey, we can get 
um, at least 20,000 extra views for A for entrepreneurs in the next month. Like, okay, but it's gonna cost 600 bucks. Okay, uh, do you have any experience? No. <laughs> like, have you ever done this before? Uh uh. Yeah. So, like, we'd be like, we'd probably like, we'd start out red. I thought it would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. we wouldn't, we'd laugh. Because that, like, that you laugh, it's funny. Like, you wouldn't expect, expect that not to be rude. Yep. But in the, in the reverse, if Sally had like seven companies under her belt and she had the, like the numbers to prove right. it, like, we might actually start to think about, like, oh, that, if, if, if we add some marketing money, that might be a good point. So I think it's all about experience. And there's so many variables, right? So like, if it comes down to like shoveling, you know, do you really need experience shoveling snow? No. no. So, you, so I mean, you could, you could charge for that. But as far as like, you know, right now, especially, there's a million and one content creators out there. Right. Everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's a photographer. Everybody's a videographer, including me. You know, I'm one of those people that, you know, real videographers who have 20, 10 years, five years of experience are like, ah, he's a photographer now. <laughs> like, you know, like it, it's like that. It really is like that. And unfortunately, you just have to grind harder or sometimes do things to get ahead of them. Right. You know, like I did a, I did a free event for Harvest Cup. Like I, I know that they, they made probably pretty good money off that event. It was over 3000 patrons that were there. There was over 300 vendors, there were sponsors. And I, you know, I do realize this huge expenses, like it's at the DCU center. I'm sure that's yeah. big money just to rent that out for a weekend. But it's just something I could have probably asked them to do it for money, but I was just like, you know what? This is my first like working thing with them. I'm just gonna go there and do my best. Like do my absolute best of what I, what I can do, what my skill set can do, push myself further, learn some more things so that next time we work together, it's gonna be ultra valuable. Like yeah. you can't they've deny it. They've already seen that what you can do yep. that that at that point you could feel very confident about asking for money. Exactly. And the thing is like it's almost like a, it's a skill. It's like a yeah. probably like saying, asking for money is essentially saying like making money. So yeah. You get good at making money. And I kind of remember thinking back to, I don't know if it was like episode four or five, when I was kind of faced with that uh, dilemma. Do I take this really good paying job? Yeah. Like it's not just a, a job, it's actually a, a sales job. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it would have been a sales job paying a ton of money and it would have taught me how to sell. So essentially, I mean, those two are like the same thing. If you know how to sell, you know how to kind of sell an idea or a product. And that's like asking for money, making money. But what what I didn't really like about that was the structure, yeah. the commitment. Yeah. It was like, all right, that's, I'm not. Plus like, I feel I'm like so many like salespeople are gonna get replaced by just data. You know, like Gary Vee has been talking about real estate stuff a lot and how Zillow is kind of going to replace the real estate because yeah. you can't out, you can't beat data. If, right. if Zillow knows when you bought your last house, 
how you preferred buying your last house or last three houses, even at this point, because someone's been along around for so long. Yeah. You know, they're building up data on uh, on literal like psychology behind moves on what people are doing, and eventually they're just going to take over everything because they're going to know what the market is doing. That makes a lot of sense. So, like a sales job is almost like. I don't want to say dumb because sales is an amazing skill that you absolutely should have as an entrepreneur. If I did not work sales, I 1000% would not be where I'm at right now. But it's different times right now. Like I know people that are starting to work for cell phone sales now because I tell people how I started. People are, are like, I'm going to make money that way. And I'm hearing that the money isn't so much there. It's, it's different times. A little bit different. And I mean, like that, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, but Zillow data doesn't forget, and it know it's so personal. It can, it can keep contact with, I mean, a limitless amount of clients and people. It's kind of that's like the auto, not, not the auto intelligence, but artificial intelligence. Yep. Yep. I and mean, did you hear about the? Uh, they've got artificial intelligent like doctors kind of scanning through x-rays. I went to Stop and Shop the other day, and I I was just walking, looking down at my phone, like on Instagram. And I almost, this machine just comes out in front of me. It's like just scanning all the all the um, shelves to see if anything needs to be restocked. Stopping shop? Yeah. In Totten? In Random, yeah. Has a, yeah. a robot. A little robot. It's, it's like a, it looks like, it almost looks like an end cap and it's just rolling around. And it looks like CP3O. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> R2-D2 is yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Yes. I had no idea that they were that advanced. Get, yeah. I mean, they, they've always been a little pricey. Uh-huh. They have pretty good quality produce, I will say. I, as a vegetarian, I, their produce is pretty good. Yeah. Um, what were we just talking about? <laughs> pretty much like asking for asking money. For money. So I had a realization as pretty much as soon as we were done with that session, we just say yes to no. I went outside and I said, Hmm. I think I just realized the moment I started being a little bit more timid or scared to ask for money. What's that? When I worked for T-Mobile, and so for those of you guys that don't know, I worked for AT&T as a business manager. I transferred back to Massachusetts for T-Mobile as the same thing. Their business sales were atrocious atrocious, like the worst. <laughs> they have like 26 stores and they do like 20 new units a month. And then I get there, we're doing like 200 to 300 new units a month, a lot better, you know? Um, so I asked for a raise after six months, just about six months, maybe actually a little bit more than six months than I think about it. Yeah, it was like seven months. And they basically said, and they, they offered me a keyholder position, right? Which is one step above an entry level rep when I was just like second in command of all of the women. Hmm. Because I asked for a raise. So they just denied you. So I can see, I can see how that would be, there'd be a little bit of- And I made them so much money. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that's what it is. Like I started thinking back, I was like, Man, like how did I how did I go from the top salesman 
who sold everything. Like when DirecTV was a new thing with AT&T, sold the shit out of that. When Digital Life was a new thing, I sold it moderately well. Like I, I didn't kill it, but I was able to sell it when I needed to. But anytime there was a new tablet, new phone, anytime Samsung was like, hey, sell five S6s and we're gonna give you a free S6. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'd sell five and get an S6 and then sell the S6 and make another $500. Right. You know, like, so, and so, like, I'm just selling on top of selling, on top of selling, on top of selling. And I used to, you know, do some illegal shit when I was younger too, you know, like way back in the day. All I've done is sell. All I've done is sell. To go from that to like petrified to ask somebody for money, I was like, what happened? And I like it. That was it, if you watch the the podcast and you really look into my eyes, like my head is like she's like it made me like dig up stuff of like why did I have this action? Why did I have this action? Why did I have this action? And just like force me to become like more emotionally intelligent about why I can't ask for money, right? And you know. It almost that same situation almost kind of just happened again, except a lot smaller money. I've done free work for somebody. I I made something for them. I asked them to pay me a small fee. It took me an hour to make the flyer. I asked them for twenty five dollars. No, no payment. The event already happened. You know, it sucks. What do I do? Do I mope and then not ask for money for two years? Like fuck no. Now I'm looking for more clients that are gonna you know, make up that $25 so I never even have to think about it, you know? Yeah. It, it sucks that when when you do so much free work and you finally ask for something, you would think that, like, and this is like my first real uh, experiment, I guess, with, you know, jab, 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 right hook. I jabbed a lot with them. And then I right hooked and I said yes, and I did it, and then nothing. Yeah, so you got scammed. That, that does suck. And how do you really, really prepare for being scammed like that? You just kind of yeah. keep rolling with the punches. Like, okay, this, I mean, this is life. This happens. Yeah. The the thing about like sale, selling and getting good at the sales, the common thing that a lot of salespeople have is, is their emotional intelligence. Is they, they just, they've got this thing where they understand where the client is and they kind of, they mirror. Yep. You understand consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. That, that was like my top thing as, as a salesman for AT&T. I excelled because I was like, what's the new phone? Okay, the LG G4 is out. And everybody else in the store would be like, oh, G4, I got an iPhone. I'm never going to buy that trash, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to know shit about it. Yeah. And then they do a contest on it. And I sell 28 of them bitches. And I literally get five for free and sell them all for $500 each. Wow. So not only did I make a ton of money in bonuses for at and side, then I sold the phones that they got. I actually had one that I kept for myself. I had like three phones at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I had like the G4, the V10, and like the S6 at the time or something like that. Right. I was killing it. Like all these contests, I was killing it. And eventually they're like, yo, what do you know about the G4, man? <laughs> I need to sell this. I'm like, I, I thought it was a whack phone. I, I thought you were telling people it was a bad phone. Like, it, with, with, for consumers out there that don't know, in the cell phone industry right now, salespeople don't make money on the actual phone anymore. They make it from the plan. From the plan. So they 
technically should not give a shit what phone you buy. They should be selling the phone that gets them paid the most. I'm sorry to say it's going to happen, you know, and, and well, no, so actually, sorry, that, that's back in the day when you had to sell the, the phone that, that paid you the most. That's sorry. I'm thinking of my old brain back in the day. Like you couldn't even sell an iPhone because it would make you like $20 gross profit compared to $160 for a galaxy yeah, it's back, no back in the day. Now it's the same exact price. So you should be giving them the phone that they actually want. You know, unless there's a contest, then you find people who are willing to think about other phones that will be good for them and you kind of steer them that way. None of those 28 people with the, the G4 came back and said, I hate this phone, you asshole. Why'd you sell me it? Right. They came back for the G5 the next year, you know, like because they learned that that device was great for them because I placed them into a device just by asking them like a handful of questions. Yeah. They're paying attention to what the consumer needed. Another helpful hint for your cell phone people out there. You fucking care about the customer. I literally made like half of my sales off of bill pays. You know, those things that every single cell phone employee bitches and moans about and tries to pass it on to the next employee. I was like, give me them, give me them. Why? Because I would be like, sir, ma'am, do you have three to five minutes so I can look over your account and try to save you some money? Who's going to say no to that? You'd be dumb. You'd be dumb. Unless you like just got your account like a, a month ago and you're coming in to pay it or something like that. Because so we had some people that were like that. Uh -huh. Then I can understand. But majority of the time, they were so far out of contract that I was like, damn, I could, I could switch their plan, save them this money, get them this new phone, get them this tablet. Yeah. Still save them $30, add like 10 gigabytes of data, unlimited call, unlimited text, a tablet, a new phone. Bam, let me see what they say. And I would yeah. present it that way. So I'd say, all right, so with this new plan, you're gonna get this much more data. You're gonna get unlimited calling instead of this many minutes. You're gonna get unlimited text instead of this many minutes. You're gonna get this smartphone instead of this flip phone. You're gonna get this tablet. You had nothing there before. You're paying 240, you're gonna be paying 200 now, you're paying 240 before. And they're just looking at the list of all the good shit compared to what they used to have. And they're like, sign me up. Yeah. I made like a fucking 300, 400 GP sale. And they're happy because they just saved $240 a year or whatever. Actually more than that, like $480 a year. It sounds like you were super successful in in that because you did your homework. You knew exactly what you were talking about, right? And this there's a, a billion different like sales tactics and strategies that you can go online. It's in something, one of those sales tactics that might not get as much of the limelight is that EQ. And that's not even going to help you just or help anybody in just business. Mm -hmm. it, it helps people in like the day to day, right? So somebody might be like, what is EQ? Yeah. I know, I know what IQ is, but what is EQ? EQ is far more important than IQ. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's essentially EQ. You can kind of interchange the word with self awareness, yep. and just kind of understanding where your emotions are at any given time. Yep. And once you understand that, you cannot let it get carried away, right? So how many times you could say, okay, how much? How many times has anger led into murder? Uh, divorce into suicide, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are pretty desperation leading into life altering bad decisions. Yeah, like that happens. It's not even to say like, are those rare? No, no. <laughs> it happens all the time. No. And that's emotional intelligence is to is to stop. It's almost it's almost like meditation. Yeah, you kind of see it and say, hold on, wait a second, hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke weed every day. <laughs> and you just kind of take a step back and, and understand and realize and kind of re-anchor yourself yep. so that you don't get blown away in the wind. And uh, a few years ago, I was I read a book that had mentioned EQ and I had no idea what it was. So I kind of researched into it. And what I ended up doing was I set a timer on my phone mm-hmm. to go off every hour. And every time that it would go off, I'd stop what it was doing. And I'd kind of ask myself, how do I feel? Mm. Like right now, okay, I feel, I feel good. I feel it's, it's hard to do kind of. Like to pick out an emotion, emotion, whether it be are you hungry, mm-hmm. tired, uh, lustful, angry, content. I mean, confused. any confused, <laughs> sad. Yeah. yeah and you can, and usually like in the, in any one time, you'll have like four or five emotions, right? Yeah. Unless something huge happens and it's just like I'm so happy right now like something huge we, we got to have M places oh. we didn't really <laughs> but like as a as an example yeah. like that and then not only that is once you kind of find where you're at you kind of look at the people around you and that's a really important step too mm-hmm. and it's super hard to do because you have to train yourself to look at body language and facial expressions and kind of see how does that person feel right now mm. and i don't know maybe after like day three i didn't need the alarm anymore i was just kind of like okay it's time to reflect and then after i don't know a week two weeks it almost became second nature where like subconsciously you're able to kind of mirror the emotions of other people and that that's where you that's empathy Yep. Right. So actually last night I work at a hospital and last night I was walking towards where I punch in punch out Mm -hmm. and there was a very old woman walking out of the intensive care unit and she was pushing an empty wheelchair sobbing and I'm like that, that hit me hard. And if, and if you kind of feel that sadness just by hearing that, you that makes you so special, you know, because that is empathy. It's actually kind of confusing. I was before like uh, really researching EQ. I was kind of confused. What's the difference between emotional intelligence and social intelligence? And that's actually. That that's like a podcast for a whole different day. Maybe we'll do a, a section on that. Yeah, because that that's super important too. Mm-hmm. Social intelligence. Benjamin Franklin was the king. The king. I can't. We could, we'll talk about it another time. But <laughs> they got me excited. <laughs> we could talk about it another podcast. Yeah. Um, um, emotional intelligence. It kind of like we brought. We can bring that in today in what we've been going through with this whole hemp ordeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for new watchers, we uh, we submitted our hemp license January 4th. 
January 17th, we were told that the hemp license is under review, which is great. We were excited for that. We kind of figured on that weekend, it was Martin Luther King weekend for federal workers. And, uh, you know, we figured they weren't going to really be working that weekend. So January 22nd is kind of when we figured they would have been looking at our application. So Andy and I were pretty curious. Last week, we tried calling them again to no avail. I emailed them and they said that they were out of the office for the weekend for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So this morning rolls around and uh, I got an email saying that they don't send out letters that say people are under review. Yeah, but this was a rare case. This must be a rare case because I, I, I sent her the letter, which in fact states that we are under review and they'll let us know any further steps. And she said, oh great, we don't, we don't have any more of an update for you. We'll get back to you in a few weeks. Patience. Patience. <laughs> it, is, it is a, uh, to, to hear that we have to wait a few more weeks yeah. just to schedule a pre-licensing visit yeah. is kind of painful because that we were, we were planning on having seats. March 1st. Sown March 1st, so that's going to have to be pulled yeah. pulled back to Yeah, because April we can't 1st. even, like, for those of you that don't know the hemp process, we can't buy seeds right now. We Until they say, Andrew Wilkinson, and Adam Souza, you guys are approved to grow hemp. We cannot even look at well, we we can we, we look at we've looked at them, but we can't we can't even really like be in contact with the merchants and stuff because they're not going to care. They're going to be like, "Are you approved yet?" No. <laughs> Talk no. to me when you get approved. <laughs> you know, so it, right now we're we're literally at a standstill. We have an we have a investor. We have a plan, a really good plan that we've gone over and over and over, and every time that we're we're like. I think we got it. We find a way to make it less expensive and like, you know, we're, I mean, maybe that's like the good thing of being patient and waiting, you know, we've been able to really like kind of hone in and do some more research and really make sure we're doing the right things. The best part about doing all this research, in my opinion, has been that one, almost everything that we've done separately has been on the same page together. Yeah. Like everything that you're like, I think we should do this. And I'm like, I had that same thought yesterday. I forgot about it. I meant to say it yesterday and vice versa. Uh -huh. And then, uh, you know, doing research and like trying to figure out methods of best ways to grow hemp and stuff like that. It's going to be an exciting endeavor. I'm so, I'm so pumped. It's been almost two it's, months since we submitted and I would be lying if I say it's not frustrating. But with the government shutdown, I kind of expected it. And that's what scares me the most. That, that temporary deal to keep the government open is about to run out again soon. Right, but I mean, does the uh, Massachusetts, I don't know. It's not federal, so I don't think it should. I mean, I don't, I'm not a pro. I don't really know how the, the whole system works. Well, it's been, uh, it's, it's been two months, you know, and we're kind of under review, but not under review. While, while it was shut down, you know? So it makes me think that like, while it was shut down, maybe the funding wasn't in the hemp department and they couldn't even like pay their workers or something maybe, you know? Like, yeah, th there's a lot going on right now with our country and our government and unfortunately it affects what we're doing and you gotta just roll up the punches. Yeah, what's, you know what's insane is that hemp right now, if you don't have a license, is more illegal than 
traditional cannabis. <laughs> yeah, actually, the FDA is pulling all CBD products out of stores. So these people that are wellness centers and sell legitimate lab-tested CBD products that people are are and have been buying for years from trusted sources, especially up in Maine right now. I know a few businesses that are getting hit hard. They're literally shutting down their whole CBD line, not only affecting the businesses and their families and their wallets and their households, but you're affecting patients. You're literally telling patients, okay, go pay money and get your medical card now. If you don't do that, you can't go to this store of your choice. Yeah. It's a good problem. And then they're going to the stores and saying, unless you become a whatever state you're in, legal cannabis provider, like a dispensary basically, you can't sell CBD. CBD, CBD. See, more people have been gored to death by a unicorn than have died by CBD. Right, or drank themselves to death with alcohol or cigarettes. I was, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's a it, mythical creature has killed more people than the CBD has ever even hurt. You can't get hurt with CBD. It has no psychoactive effects. It's not like you could be too stoned and, and drive slow or, or not see the kid in front of you and hit them or whatever reefer madness they want to throw out. Like everybody knows it's common knowledge. Even people that aren't like so pro cannabis are like, wait a second, CBD it's, doesn't get you stoned, right? I'm like, no, they're like, well, why are they fighting it? And I'm like, this is what I've been telling you guys for years. <laughs> I mean, the whole plant is non-toxic. Yep. Yep. You can't even say the same thing about ibuprofen. Nope. Tylenol. Nope. I mean, it's just it doesn't it doesn't seem logical. But I mean, just kind of talking about it now is going to change it. We just need to kind of be patient and hope that things work out. Because you know what? Most of the time something happens where it's like, oh, I'm so glad we waited. Had I taken that job, this, that sales job, time for the I wouldn't have time for the hemp thing that would have fell through completely. So it's all about just being patient and waiting for that, that right opportunity to just snag it. Yep. I think we're right in the midst of that. And that's why it's so frustrating not having the license yet. <laughs> like normally I, I probably would be like, whatever. It's getting pushed back, but we're getting our processing license too. So like, we're going to be able to get growers on board and process their stuff and, and have a product line and a website and all this stuff that we're working on, like that's just sitting there, but we have a plan. So having a plan that just kind of ferments a little bit, I mean, I can't really hurt. <laughs> Right. You know, every time, like I said, every time that we talk, we're like learning something new or we're, we're fixing the budget up or we're creating a budget list on, on Google Sheets that we're able to now pass back and forth instead of like screenshotting and sending it. Like yeah. just little things that we're starting to do better and we're keeping track of every expense now. Like, you Super know, efficient. And that's going to be great when it comes to taxes too. Because, I mean, yeah. when, when it comes to, businesses having your own business you file taxes and i don't know i didn't know this before i started uh, my farm is that the way taxes work if you work for somebody um they you get a paycheck but the, the taxes are already taken up yep. before what you can use it's the other way around when you when you have a business you spend what you need and then at the end of the year you say okay i profited this much 
or I took a, a net loss. Yep. So depending on where that is, you might not have to pay taxes at all. Yep. So it's all about controlling that profit margin. I mean, what some kind of things you can write off on your taxes, like gas? The most, even more important than gas, because gas will actually not make you that much of a write-off. Gas mileage. If you write off your gas mileage and keep track of it throughout the year, so, you know, I, I went from home to Sally's house for a business meeting. I went from home to the farmer's market. I went from the farmer's market back home, you know. Every mile that you keep track of and write off at the end of the year is 54 cents. Just to put that into perspective, I've been on busy nights with DoorDash, I've been doing about 100 to 120 miles per night. So I'm literally getting like 60 to $75 in write-offs every night and spending probably $7 in gas and then my time. That's huge money. Huge. Every shift, do that four times a week. I'm, I'm making $280 a week on a tax write-off. Making $1,000 a month to write off on taxes. Yeah, that's insane. And that's without even factoring in, like, I can't write this off. It's like, well, I could. It's like, it's just barely anything. It's a mile and a half from my house. Yeah. Like, even this, this is a business thing. Me going to Comic-Con, I could write off those miles. Me going to New England Cannabis Con, I could write off those miles. You know, any when we go to Restoration Coffee for our interview on the 25th, we can write off those mileage. Like that's all business expenses. These are all business moves that we're making. And it gets, you know what, when, when it comes to business expenses too, it gets even kind of like, oh, I need a new truck. Yep. I need a new truck. I need new farms. I need new paper. So like, let's say it comes December and I'm like, oh my God, we've profited $250,000 this year. What a great year, but that's going to be a lot of money in taxes. So you can say, well, in order to make this business better, we need a location, but write it off on the taxes. Now you have a, a whole yep. place, a, a car. You need a really nice coffee maker for your employees. I mean, like it literally goes that in depth. Yep. So as long as you're reinvesting, you're making so much money in, in writing off the taxes. Yeah, I think like literally, like if you pay attention to rich people and how they got there, most of the time, they literally just pour all their money back into their business. Yeah. And because of that, they don't have to pay outrageous taxes. Yeah, they might not be all in. They really are because invested money is worth way more than money in your pocket. Assets. <laughs> you know? So it's just the way you have to do things. And it's, it goes back to what we were talking about, about the misunderstanding about eating shit. That is what eating shit is, is dumping all of your money back into your business when you just want to go on a nice trip to Aruba one time. <laughs> you just and want that pink sand in your toes. Yeah, and you just sacrifice it because in six years, you can do that three times a year, <laughs> you know? Right. You just keep grinding. And it might suck right now, and it does suck a lot of days right now. You know, like, I, granted, I had my son this weekend, so while I wasn't, while I was not feeling well, I wasn't planning on working anyways, but I probably could have thrown on DoorDash or Uber Eats and made another 50 bucks, you know, in, a, in an hour, hour and a half of my time or dinner rush, you know, mm -hmm. that's easy money, but I was sick and couldn't do it. And you know, it is what it is. You just have to 
learn to be okay with not having a bunch of luxurious stuff. Eat shit. Eat shit. It's okay. And what I mean by that too, and 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 jo- Joanne doesn't really like to talk too much about the past, but I think that this is very important as to why I know I'm in the eating shit phase. Gary Vee talks all the time about how if you can, go move back with your parents. It saves a lot of money. It sounds crazy until you realize that he's right because it saves a lot of money. Ton. What is the biggest expense in everybody's life? Living expenses, period. When I was living on my own in Colorado, mind you, luxuriously, we, we first moved out to Colorado into a three, four, three floor, five bedroom, three bathroom with a studio built in it, two car garage, beautiful house. And then we moved to a luxury apartment right after that, where literally our one bedroom apartment was bigger than the entire, we were actually talking about this last night. Our walk-in closet is probably 60 to 75% of our room. Yeah, our, in our, our apartment, our, our old walk-in closet is almost as big as our room is right now. We're living luxurious, but my business wasn't getting anywhere. Why? I was probably spending two to $2,500, $2,500 a month between rent, food, gas, electric, cable, internet, like all that shit adds up. It does fast. So if I could save $2,000 a month, that's two thousand dollars I could pour into my business every month, and she she countered that with, "Well, is that what you're doing?" And I was like, "Well, no. When I got laid off from T-Mobile, that kind of ended, you know. Like I was killing it then because I was I was making more than my bills with with T-Mobile and AT and T. And when I finally realized that I wanted to focus on my businesses with T-Mobile, now I'm making more money than I ever have." and pouring it into my businesses. That's how I even got started with cannabis in the first place, because I had extra money and was like, where can I invest it? Ooh, cannabis is about to be popping. Um, <coughs> and then it all kind of just stopped. And that's how life is. But I can't stop working on my business. I have to keep eating shit. My mistake that I did make, and I will say this, I should have had a guaranteed money-making income a long time ago. I've been very much of the belief that like, if you just put positivity towards money, it's going to come back to you, which is 100% true, but you still need to work and have something guaranteed. Cause like I said, during the summer, everything was easy peasy. Uh, there's law, there's laws to be mowed. There's in the spring, there's leaves to be raked. There's a ton of work you can do. Yeah. Just to like, you can make, you can make 200 bucks a day in the summer. Like it's nothing. But then the winter time hits and all these companies shut down. No snow. No temporary workers anymore. Yeah, there's been no snow. I I have that lined up too, but I hate snow shoveling. Honestly, it's brutal on the body. Brutal and it's cold. Well, I mean, you start sweating, but it's just, I think all in all, what I want to tie it back into is don't be afraid to do things that other people think are absolutely fucking crazy. Like moving with your parents. Like moving in it with takes, your parents. It takes a lot of like, uh, what is it, pride yep. to say. Swallow your pride. Yeah. To say, you know what? It's really nice living in this luxurious palace, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of wasted space. I'm 45 years old. Not really. Uh, but I'm going <laughs> to move back with my mom. My wife's coming with me, my kids. And we're just going to figure this shit out. You know, save them. 
shitload, shitload of money. It's just a matter of saying, I don't care what all these other people care yeah. think. I don't care what my friend who works at a gas station thinks just because they have their own apartment with four other people. Like, I don't care. I don't care. If you think that me living with the in-laws is loser behavior, you're probably a loser because you just don't get it. Right. Or maybe you're not a loser, but you're just not forward thinking at all. (laughs) Emotional score, EQ. Yeah. Because you're not even trying to understand. At that point, you're just like, you're a loser because you live with your in-laws. You're a loser because you live with your parents. And then you're like, yeah, but I live with them. Cut. And then they're just like, oh, who cares? Yeah. Like, or whatever. Obviously, I don't need to explain it to you. Waste my breath. Toxic people. <laughs> you don't want to be around those people. Those are, you call those your friends. First step before moving back with your parents is cut those people out. Yes. That's something I've done, too. It's, it's something... Uh, <clears throat> I, I realized that the other day, I was just talking to somebody and I was like, I really don't have like more than like five people that I could consider like friends that I could call right now and go hang out with and not be miserable. <laughs> like, I, I would just hang out with people and they're just, it's like, bitch, 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 like, let's play that tiny violin for you. Uh-huh. Oh, and then the second I bring up a solution, here comes an excuse. Let's keep playing that violin for you. So it's, it's exhausting. It is listening you to You need to get yourself them. away from those toxic, negative people. 100%. Like, that is one of the biggest steps in personal, business, entrepreneurial, any type of, any type of growth, period. You need to get away from toxic people. Amen to that. Speaking of new friends... Actually, we should probably reset the cameras on. Reset and then do a closing up. Yeah. We can tie that into Spotify. <laughs> there are new friends. Yeah, my camera. Oh, it says three minutes. All right. I'll get the first three minutes. Speaking of new friends, Spotify, oh, I guess tying it in, for those of you that, that listen or watch that don't know, we record, well, not record, we, we put out our podcast through an app called Anchor. Anchor is amazing. They've literally been the reason that we've been able to start a podcast. Yeah, truly incredibly a great service. And I want to say huge congratulations, huge, huge, huge congratulations to Anchor. Because they just got bought by Spotify. So Spotify now owns the app that we make our podcasts on. So And that's a kudos. big that's a big move for to Spotify too. Yes. That has huge implications because now not only are they a provider, but they're also a producer yep. in podcasts. I mean they're a little late yep. in the whole podcast game. But nonetheless yeah. Maybe. I don't know because who else is doing it? Pandora, iTunes. I mean, those are the, the, those three are the, the biggest and Pandora and iTunes or iPod has been doing it for a while. But I feel like Apple, I will say this, Apple podcasts have like never done anything different. It's just been an app that's just on your phone uh-huh. and never, they've never bought anybody. They've never, you know, like Spotify has Spotify exclusive podcasts. Yeah. I don't know if Pandora exclusive or SoundCloud is another big one, SoundCloud exclusive or 
I, I don't, I'm 90% sure that Apple Podcasts, exclusive podcasts, don't exist. So Spotify is making moves. Not only that, but when I updated my Spotify app, I noticed they named it Spotify Music and Podcasts. Right. So something's a brilliant. <laughs> the simple fact that now they're they're jumping into the producing game, that's huge. They might be, I don't know what rank they are in third second, what I don't know what they are, but the fact is they are trying new things, whereas Apple is kind of they've been stagnant yep. for a while. So this is this is really huge, huge business news. So yeah, Spotify, hey, if you need another exclusive podcast, <laughs> we do not mind. I love Spotify. I've actually been thinking about, because I, I do listen to my podcast besides Joe Budden podcast because that's exclusive to there. I do listen to my podcast on Apple Music, but something about Spotify podcast I just really like. What, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because the other day I was listening to Joe Budden podcast. I got done with the, the new one, right? And I got, and I'm caught up. I listen to them when they come out twice a week. Yeah. So uh, it popped back to episode 100 randomly. And they're on episode like 220, I believe. So I got to listen back 120. I haven't even been listening that long. Right. I hadn't listened to episode 100. Like I've only been listening to maybe like six or seven months. So it was cool because they weren't that good. They don't see the progress. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, if, if, Joe Budden, who's been like doing this stuff for a while, and his his posse with Ma and Rory, like they they took a little while to get the steam rolling. They weren't even releasing podcasts every week by episode of one hundred at that point. Like there was yeah. there was a lot of things that I was like, we're doing this, like we're really doing this, and you know, again, we literally had five hundred and forty plays January second, as of January second, from creation like July 1st to January 2nd. So we'll call it, what, seven months, six months? So yeah, it's fair. In six months, we had 540 plays. From January 2nd to February 2nd, we had 650 plays. The growth is coming and it's happening and we love you guys. And thank you so much for watching and, and listening. And just so you know, there's upgrades coming. Very soon, we actually uh, got our first you know, sponsorship from uh, Casher, King Casher on Twitch. If you if you uh, follow Twitch players at all, make sure to follow him and check out his channel. He's super funny when he, when he wants to be. He's all right. <laughs> he's he's been my best friend my whole life. He's man. a good dude. He's a good dude. I love him to death. He's like my brother. And uh, he actually went through some equipment that we had bought together and then like he had from prior studios because we've always been doing this music recording thing and he's given us a mixer and mic cords and stands and another microphone and, and extra studio lighting so we're about to have our own audio like the next time you guys see us and yeah, it's about to get crisp yes and we're excited i'm excited as as the audio guy i'm like yes yes the audio is so much work yeah it's gonna save like at least 30 to 60 minutes every episode of editing, which is a lot. It adds up very yeah. quickly. And when we're recording eight episodes between like the, uh, what we record and then the interviews, when we're recording like eight episodes a month, that's like eight hours of work a month, it adds up. Yeah, you know, it does. That's 160 bucks I can make with DoorDash and then focus the rest on other stuff. Yeah, so. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, 
we'll we'll keep you posted on everything that's happening in in our day to day. And make sure that you uh, hit that subscribe button if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And leave us a review. As always, leave us a review. Uh, we should start saying that probably in the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end. But we're again, we're we're learning with with y'all, and uh, we're we're going on this entrepreneurial venture together, but with all of you as well. So, and uh, if you if you missed it, please go back and check out the wonderful sit downs we've had with. Pinewood Lodge, Striking Beauties, and Positive Diff, and 